What if you were better equipped to beat your best in any situation life throws at you? What if you were able to realize game-changing breakthroughs and achieve your goals fearlessly and without restriction? My mission is to help you level up your mindset to achieve peak performance so you can accomplish the most audacious goals you have in life and in business while embracing the highs and lows of every journey. To do that, I'm going to explore topics that challenge how you think and help explain why you show up in the world the way you do. By accepting the challenge, you'll think better, you'll feel better, you'll perform better every day. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, mindset and peak performance coach, business consultant, thought leader, author, and award-winning educator. And it's a good day to do great things. This is the Quest for Life podcast. From the time we wake up in the morning until we go to sleep at night, we're making decisions. In a study published in the Journal of Health Psychology in 2020 titled Decision Fatigue, a Conceptual Analysis, researchers Grant Pignatello, Richard Martin, and Ronald Hickman found that people make in upwards of 35,000 decisions every day. At first glance, this seems absurdly high. Upon reflection, however, it seems plausible. Consider that when your alarm goes off in the morning, one of your first decisions is to shut it off or hit snooze. From there, you decide to look at your phone or sit up or both. Then you decide to get out of bed and use the bathroom, brush your teeth, turn on the shower, or some combination thereof. By the time you leave your home, apartment, or dorm room, you've made dozens of decisions, most of which were without conscious thought. And since these are almost always habituated decisions, they don't require a lot of mental effort or overload the brain, which is a good thing considering that in the grand scheme of your day or life, such decisions are largely inconsequential. And while I've discussed in recent podcast episodes about the dangers of living life on autopilot, thereby becoming enslaved to our environment because it doesn't bring about new and different results in our lives, making inconsequential decisions habitual isn't always a bad thing. What follows is a discussion about the opposite. It's a discussion about how making fewer consequential decisions on a daily basis can level up your mindset to achieve peak performance. Let's get started. For context, the theory surrounding decision fatigue, also known as ego depletion, is that the human brain functions like that of a battery in that decision-making ability is a finite resource. In effect, each decision we make drains the battery, thus leaving us with less energy to make decisions as the day wears on. It should be noted, though, that many experts in the field of psychology don't fully accept the notion of decision fatigue partly due to the challenges associated with measuring it quantitatively, and by extension, there's little peer-reviewed evidence to support the claims. There have, however, been studies that point to how decision fatigue can, can show up. For example, a study in the Journal of Health Psychology found that nurses tend to make less efficient and more expensive clinical decisions about patient care the longer they go without taking a break. Additionally, Judges have been known to dole out harsher punishments for comparable crimes later in the day versus earlier in the day. Still further, surgeons are more apt to recommend surgery earlier in the day as compared to requesting more information and delaying a recommendation for surgery later in the day. And while the psychological research may be scant, there certainly appears to be something to the notion of decision fatigue being a thing, at least qualitatively. So how does decision fatigue present itself? 
Well, there are numerous signs for this, most notably feeling tired or having brain fog, both of which may increase as a person makes more decisions. It also may show up in the form of procrastinating behaviors, avoidance of future decisions, impulsivity such as making impulse purchases, physical symptoms like poor sleep, headaches, or an upset stomach, and a general sense of dissatisfaction with any choice made. A couple of weeks ago, my family and I absolutely experienced decision fatigue, really in the form of brain fog. We had a 12-hour black belt test. It started at 8 a.m., it ended at 8 p.m. Now, we weren't moving the entire 12 hours, but we were legitimately moving nine of the 12 hours between lots and lots of punching and kicking and crunches and jumping jacks and plyometrics and you know, running um, you know, several miles. I mean, th this was an intense physical activity. At the end of the day, the sensei scheduled a written exam followed by our form testing. He did that on purpose. He wanted to challenge our ability to push through the struggle and adversity of that day. He knew everybody in the room would have brain fog. And right on cue, we had brain fog. And we were able to push through all the way to the end and successfully complete the black belt testing, despite the fact that none of us wanted to make any decision, any other decision in the moment. The only decision that we had to make was to push through and finish this thing. And I'm pleased to report we successfully, uh, we successfully passed our black belt test. I'm a proud husband and father to be sure. Now, in those moments, it's, it's really easy to become overwhelmed because of the depletion of our mental energy. Now, this isn't to be confused with indecisiveness, which is a character trait resulting from the chronic inability to make decisions, and that usually stems from low self-confidence. Now, referring back to what I mentioned in the opening, I'm not talking about habituated decisions that in many respects are inconsequential, despite the fact that they technically deplete mental energy. What I am talking about are those decisions you make daily that are of consequence. These are the big decisions. And all of us are at risk of experiencing decision fatigue if we have to make a lot of decisions throughout the day or feel or will likely feel greatly affected by the decisions we make or the decisions we make will affect other people in a significant way or if we have to make stressful decisions or if we have to make complex decisions. So this is a really multifaceted, multi-layered thing. An example of this, when I was in a managerial position, on occasion, I would have to terminate the em employment of employees. Make no mistake, firing someone is not a skill that you want to get good at. And I found the, the whole process from formally managing performance up to terminating employment to be extraordinarily stressful. Now, I could, I could rationalize and objectify the decisions that I was making because I could point to objective things related to the employee's performance where they were, they were clear misses. And it didn't change the, the stress associated, especially in the very last meeting where you're actually terminating someone's employment. It didn't change the stress of, of that situation at all. And I, I ended up finding myself extraordinarily nervous in those moments. And I, I did not feel a sense of relief after those moments were over. In fact, I felt completely drained and utterly fatigued related to that. So that's one example of, of that. So stressful decisions, complex decisions. The other is, is, is more recent, where over, the, over Christmas break, 
I was extraordinarily tired, even moving into the first part of January, because I was wrestling with whether or not I was going to remain an assistant professor at Grand Canyon University or pursue my businesses full time, Quest Consulting Service and the Quest for Life. I was really, really wrestling with this. And my wife came into my home office one evening and I had my head in, in my left hand. She's like, is everything okay? And I looked up at her and like, I can't think. I just absolutely can't think. And that's not, that's not like me. I tend to be a really high capacity, high energy individual. And I was just so over the top drained wrestling with this decision. I'm happy to report that I have since made the decision to move beyond Grand Canyon University and pursue Quest Consulting and the Quest for Life full-time. And ever since then, I've experienced, experienced nothing but calm. It's a very, very freeing place to be. Each of these decision-making environments can lead to what's commonly called analysis paralysis, which is a state that people find themselves in when feeling overwhelmed or confused around decisions they have to make. And I certainly felt analysis paralysis. Under normal circumstances, which is to say when we have a, a considerable amount of mental energy to devote to tasks or when making decisions, you know, most people don't feel overwhelmed when they have enough mental energy to do that. When decision fatigue sets in, however, it becomes harder to make decisions. We can move from considering others' viewpoints, assessing the pros and cons of a situation, analyzing detailed pieces of information when we feel energized, to experience an inability to make decisions when decision fatigue begins setting in, and we become prisoners in the whirlwind of our thoughts. We become paralyzed by what we're analyzing, which can lead to a whole, a whole host of stress-related symptoms, such as ruminating thoughts, rapid heart rate, anxiety, shallow breathing, inability to focus, and the like. Now that I've set the stage for what decision fatigue is and the consequences associated with that, let's switch gears and examine seven ways to combat decision fatigue and how doing so allows you to level up your mindset. Number one, limit yourself to no more than three or four consequential decisions daily. We have to be able to differentiate what those consequential decisions are. If you're dealing with crisis, obviously you're going to have to give your, your full energy, attention, and focus on whatever that is in crisis, and you might not be able to limit yourself to three or four of those decisions. If you're not dealing with crisis situations, limit yourself to no more than three or four consequential decisions every day. When doing so, Assess the short and long-term outcomes related to those decisions. From the available options, determine if a short-term win is more beneficial and go with that, such as making a decision to not engage in risky behavior, such as driving while intoxicated, having unprotected sex. If the short-term win is more beneficial, go ahead and go with that. Or if you determine whether making a decision to bring about a long-term outcome is more rewarding, even if it means you have to sacrifice some short-term benefit, go with that. An example here would be making a career change. One of the biggest challenges with changing careers is if you're established in your career, you're likely earning more money uh, in that position than you would if you switched to a different industry. Your starting point would probably or most likely tend to be lower as you changed industries. So you have to assess the, whether or not the long-term outcome is more rewarding than a short-term sacrifice. 
you might also take the perspective of both and, which allows you to approach potentially conflicting options with an open, active mind and finding good ideas in both. Be sure to check out season three, episode six of the Quest for Life podcast, aptly titled Both And. Number two, make the most important decisions you have to make in a day earlier in that day and leave less consequential decisions for later in the day. For example, schedule important meetings earlier in the day, particularly if consequential decisions need to be made. I recently listened to a podcast called The Best Places to Lead. It's hosted by uh, a, a friend and colleague named Jerry McNamara. He was interviewing a gentleman named Clint Rush, who's the president and chief operating officer of North Point Logistics. Clint described this process he uses that's incredible. He calls, he schedules his, his meetings uh, and, and calls them different things. When it comes to decision-making, particularly consequential decisions, he has decision, meeting, decision meetings and he allocates a certain amount of time and has the various stakeholders that are directly affected by those decisions in those meetings. And during the interview with, with Jerry, he described having a meeting that was scheduled for 60 minutes. There were four people in the meeting. He was the decision maker and he had enough information to, to make the decision and did so in 13 minutes. As a consequence, he gave each one of those meeting attendees 47 minutes back, including himself. So that's roughly 200 minutes that the, that group of four got back. And if you think about it in terms of opportunity cost, that is now 200 minutes in one day as a consequence of moving extraordinarily efficiently through the meeting. It's, it's 200 minutes in one day to be able to actually go and perform and produce on other things. And unfortunately, in business and industry, we spend way too much time in meetings anyway. They're extraordinarily costly just from a dollar amount. But in terms of the opportunity cost, what do we stand to lose by simply having meetings for the sake of meetings or hum-hauling around with, with decision-making? Now, one thing that Clint mentioned that I found fascinating, too, because I don't have a military background, he referenced a quote from Colin Powell. And he said that if we have less than 40% of the information necessary to make a decision, we probably don't have enough. If we have more than 70% of the information necessary to make a decision, we're probably moving too slowly. So that 40 to 70% sweet spot allows us to move really quickly. And that, that approach to decision-making in business is just absolutely gen genius. I highly encourage you to weave that into your process. Number three, plan your daily agendas in advance. Prioritize a list of tasks that need to be completed, deadlines that need met, and consequential decisions that need to be made. This will allow you to be prepared for the day and gain awareness of the decisions that you that you'll ultimately have to make. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know I'm a big proponent in managing a calendar. I manage a calendar calendar several weeks out because having structured, consistent routine brings about predictability. It also lessens the mental energy necessary when it comes to planning because I've already done the planning for those things, thereby allowing me to devote more energy towards making consequential decisions. Number four, and this is challenging to individuals that are highly ambitious and driven to perform at a high level. Take regular breaks. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yes, 
take regular breaks. Taking regular breaks helps replete mental energy. This could be in the form of taking a walk outside at lunch or taking a short nap. And who doesn't like a short nap? I'm good for a 45-minute nap most every day myself. The goal here is to enhance mental stamina, to perform at a higher level, and to be more productive. Let me say that again. Taking regular breaks allows you to enhance your mental stamina to perform at a higher level and be more productive. The challenge for driven, ambitious people is that they tend to feel guilty when they're not being, quote, productive. But being too, quote, productive, or more accurately, too busy, is counterproductive to what these folks want for themselves. Think about it in terms of fitness. If we are in a, if our bodies are in an overtrained state, we don't have the ability to recover properly. Overtraining is actually antithetical to what we claim we want. If we have certain goals, we need to understand that we, we grow and recover at rest, not in the gym. So we need to find that sweet spot much like taking regular breaks such as a nap or taking a walk allows for us to recover and recharge. Number five, another way to lessen decision fatigue is to seek wise counsel and have someone you trust weigh in on a difficult decision you have to make. Request that they help you narrow your options. This can be accomplished through a cost-to-benefit analysis or based on short or long-term outcomes as previously mentioned or through a both-and approach. Keep in mind that if you're managing decision fatigue, you're probably already stressed, and having a person you trust provide perspective can help reduce anxiety and frustration related to the decisions you have to make. Number six, plan ahead and avoid impulse decision-making. This is similar in the sense of maintaining a structured routine, but in a different way. For example, you can plan and prepare your meals ahead of time, thereby allowing you to not have to make spur-of-the-moment food choices, especially if those choices run counter to your health or fitness goal, such as you know going out to eat. You don't necessarily know where your coworkers are going to be going, and you end up at a place that might involve choices that run counter to your health and fitness goals. You might also make poor choices that allow you to be hungry you know, middle of the afternoon, and you end up standing in front of a vending machine, thereby making a, a poor choice. Or you might even engage in mindless snacking. But if you prepare your meals in advance, you don't have to make those spur-of-the-moment choices. Another example is to plan when you engage in physical activity, such as going to the gym or going for a walk or run. If it's planned, you'll be more likely to do it and won't get stuck trying to talk yourself into it which makes it a consequential decision you don't want to devote the energy to. Still further, set a time every day where you shut off work or school or any obligations that further drain your energy. For instance, don't check your email after 7 p.m. and spend time with friends or family, those people that help recharge you. If you're a student, this helps you avoid procrastination, as the paper that's due this week should have already been written earlier in the day. And finally, before going to bed, set out the clothes you want to wear for the next day. This allows you to not have to think about it in the morning, thereby depleting mental energy in the morning. Said differently, setting out your clothes the night before won't drain your energy resources for the next day or the day after that. Steve Jobs was, was 
famous for wearing the same thing every day because he understood the idea of decision fatigue and he didn't want to devote energy into picking out his wardrobe you know, each and every morning. Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning you know, functioned similarly. Now, there was rumor that he wasn't really good at coordinating his outfits and he had his wife do it. But whether or not that's the case or not, having his wife pick out his wardrobe allowed him to focus on the game plan rather than make another decision related to his outfits. Finally, number seven, once you've made your decision, make it final. Embrace your choice and move forward. Questioning decisions creates a mental environment that can lead to rumination, which is the process of engaging in repetitive negative thoughts that loop continuously in the mind, seemingly without end or completion. Knowing that the decision you made was consequential, there's little doubt that you went, you didn't, there's little doubt that you went about it in a serious way. I mean, you didn't engage in this decision-making process frivolously. You took stock of the alternatives. You assessed whether the short-term benefit outweighed the long-term benefit or vice versa. You sought wise counsel and accounted for the other person's perspectives. You found the good attributes and qualities about conflicting choices and included them in your evaluation. Nick, it goes without saying that these seven ways to combat decision fatigue, thereby allowing you to make fewer decisions in the attempt to level up your mindset to achieve peak performance, are not all-encompassing. Wow, that was a mouthful. <laughs> there are, however, they are, however, a terrific starting point. If if you find your decision-making ability faltering as your day wears on, beyond these seven, I encourage you to be flexible yet mindful of how going about making consequential decisions affects the overall quality of the decisions you make. There's no doubt you're capable of leveling up your mindset in this regard, and exemplary performance is sure to follow. As we wrap up another episode of the Quest for Life podcast, consider downloading and reviewing the show notes at thequestforlife.com so you have a written record of the seven ways to combat decision fatigue. That's thequestforlife.com, quest number four. Once you do, I encourage you to pick one of the seven and begin incorporating it into your life, such as in your work, in your agenda planning, in the finality of decisions made. If you find you've already incorporated one or more of these suggestions, consider leveling up by adding another one and assessing to what extent it proves beneficial. Remember, the goal is to allow you to make fewer, more effective, consequential decisions because doing so helps you systematize your approach to decision making. And if you find this challenging, please know that it's supposed to be, but it works. As usual, it's food for thought, fellow questers. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the show and pass it on to a friend. You can download the show notes at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest number for life.com. You can also connect with me if you're interested in learning more about leveling up your mindset to achieve peak performance in all areas of your life. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining the conversation.